Welcome to On Twos, a podcast where we break down some of your favorite animated movies. Here in season two, uh, we have dedicated it to Pixar. So we're breaking down all of our favorite Pixar movies. It is me, Lucas Asita, and my partner in crime. Nathan Talon, happy to be back. Yes, yes, we've had... uh, We've had quite the vacation. Uh, frankly, we were getting so many uh, positive reviews that we figured, do we just go out on top? And after a lot of uh, deep conversations, we thought, you know, I think it's time to come back. Yeah, like any great, like, you can compare us to Michael Jordan. I'm not going to be the one to do it, but we've had that kind of thrown out there. And I think it's kind of apt. We're coming back. We're going to run it for round two. And we're going to be with the Wizards this time. (laughs) No, we just left to play baseball. Now we're coming back to win three more championships. True, True. Frankly, this next run of Pixar movies frightened us so much that it, well, not only is Toy Story 3 just uh, a marvelous film, but the ones that follow... Uh, well, you could say we hit a rough patch here, and frankly, I don't know. Uh, looking at the schedule, it was like, oh, Cars 2 is coming up. It's getting closer. But anyway, I don't even want to get into that negative energy. It's a new, you know, we wanted to we wanted to restart. You know, we, we understood that our episodes ran a little long. Uh, we wanted, we tried to figure out a good format that, you know, we could have more of a conversation about a movie that we all love rather than us literally retell you the whole movie and then us stop. And Yeah, instead of like an insane deep dive, more so just facilitating a discussion about um, each of these animated movies and kind of, if you haven't seen them or if you have seen them, maybe bring some new information to the table, some interesting conversation. Um, because honestly, we just like talking about these types of movies. And um, that's the main reason why I'm excited to hop back on. This is kind of finish off this Pixar run that we have. Uh, This is the final movie in this kind of esteemed run. Um, And uh, I'll be honest, um, now we're entering uncharted territory for your boy. Now I am a self-proclaimed Pixar fan. And some may say maybe that's why I avoided some of these movies. (laughs) But I am interested to see why these are ranked at the bottom of so many respected Pixar lists. Yes. Um, But that being said, um, one of the other reasons that it took some time is because Toy Story 3 is a very, uh, it's a raw watch. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Actually, this movie has one of my, it's one of my go-to stories. And it's just a good, you know, icebreaker because uh, I feel like in general, uh, especially when you're around a lot of testosterone, you know, we might not want to bring up the movies that really hit us emotionally. And I can tell you specifically that with Toy Story 3, I was a mess when it was over. Oh, absolutely. I will. Um, I think my Twitter bio still says I cry every time I watch Toy Story 3. Um and I'm the first one to tell you that I pretty much cry. Any sort of emotional heartstring pulling, I'm shedding a tear in any movie. I don't even care if it's the stupidest movie ever. Sometimes even those hit. Sure. Um, but yeah, Pixar, uh, uh, well, Pixar in general, but Toy Story specifically, all of the movies, to be honest with you, the older ones, like one, just kind of hits because of the nostalgia factor. Yes. Two, I feel... Uh, wh- 
especially after Toy Story 4, the end of that movie hits a little bit different. Mm. But Toy Story 3, I mean, it came at a perfect time in my life where I was growing up. I was going through high school, Andy's graduating college, that sort of thing. Um, I remember I... We didn't see it in theaters because we didn't go to the theaters a lot when I was um, a kid. But we always had family movie night. And, of course, as soon as it went to um, home video, we rented it from Blockbuster. We popped it in. And I remember vividly being at the end of the movie. I, like, I'm watching with, you know, my dad, my mom, my brother. Yes. And I just put on a strong face. I'm like, man, that was a good movie. And then my mom's like, yeah, it was sad. I said, yeah. And then I went to the bathroom and I cried. Because <laughs> I didn't want to cry in front of my family. It was that bad. Uh-huh. Like, it was really bad. And then flash forward. I think if I had any of those. Marley and me. That too. But I think, honestly, the whole house was crying. Even my dad shed a tear for oh, that one. Dude, are you joking? But, um, you know, flash forward. Every time I kind of watch that end scene, you know, it just hits a little bit. Even, even just on a just look it up on YouTube, watch it. It's still not necessarily brings me to tears, but I get close. I, I, I sometimes I, when I, we were down in the department, mm-hmm. you know, I just throw it on. I was like, I can't cry here. What am I doing? Mm-hmm. Like, I'll get that close. I have to force it back. But, um, recently before toy story four, I watched it, uh, with my girlfriend. And, um, uh, as soon as it was like, I was, I was like, all right, we got to prep for Toy Story 4. She's like, okay, I mean, the Toy Story, like, she's not a huge fan of the Toy Story movies, mm-hmm. but I'm like, this is one of my favorite movies ever. We're watching it. She's like, okay. I was like, fair warning, though. I may be a disaster at the end of this. She's like, oh, okay, haha. Literally, it just, as soon as the final scene starts, you get like the tears running. Mm-hmm. That's it. And then as soon as the credits come up, I'm just bawling and I say, She's like, oh, oh, I'm so, are you okay? Are you okay? I said, just give me a second. And then I went to the bathroom and I cried as I'm (laughs) using the bathroom. I'm splashing the water on my face. I'm crying. Mm. And then she, and then I went, she's like, what, uh, why, why does it make you so emotional? She's, you know, she's like actually trying to, she's trying to understand why this. And I couldn't even get out before I was like, well, but because I had toys. And then I started crying again. <laughs> it's not good. I don't know yeah. what it is. Yep. But um, this is one of those movies that consistently just destroys me. And I think it's because, you know, deep down, I'm a very, I wouldn't say, I'd honestly say that you're mo- more nostalgic than me. For Absolutely. Sure. But I do have a soft spot. I like to say that I keep in touch with my, you know, my child side. I, I still am a huge fan of the same superheroes that I grew up with. And of course now that's a whole new light, but I mean, I still love it in the action figure sort of way. Mm-hmm. Um, I still love, um, you know, cartoons, you know, I still love that stuff. Sure. I mean, um, shit, Spider-Verse just came out and that literally, I don't care what age you are. That movie claps. That's dude. literally a Nate Talon dream on the big screen. It's crazy. I, Oh, I, we already had an episode on this, but I, I grew up and I said, Spider-Man's better for animation. And I was correct because it's the highest rated Spider-Man movie. But then you watch Spider-Man 2 with Toby and you're like, they did good with what they had. But you can't, Spider-Verse captures it in a whole different light. But I mean, that's 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 a different podcast. That's like pure Spider-Man, dude. 
that's pure Spider-Man. No, you're right. I but, just love Spider-Man too. But I like just, I mean, I had all the toys from Toy Story, dude. I had. Did all you have my, them? Yeah. That's I, a funny thing, is because it's like I was an action figures kid growing up. I had a lot of toys, and I never had the Toy Story. I like superheroes and stuff. Like I didn't. I don't know. It's like I, you, I feel like I was already because I grew up watching horror movies and all kinds yeah, of crazy you, you stuff. Were way, like these are the this is the movie. Yeah. That well, it's like I like the these movies, yeah. but I just it's not like I'm gonna go and get a fucking Buzz Lightyear. These are on repeat at the Talon House back in the day. Like I remember, it would be one of those things where sometimes the Disney Channel would play like Toy Story one, mm-hmm. and as soon as I'm flipping through and I see it, I sit and I watch the whole thing as a kid, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like Woody, I had a Woody toy and it was one of my favorite toys ever, dude. Woody's my dude. Mm. And, uh, I mean, we'll talk about it in Toy Story 4, but it hits. Um, yes. Uh, that being said, another thing, as long as we're talking about, you know, us and Toy Story, I I mean, we kind of already touched on it in the other, the previous two episodes on it, but, um, for example, recently after Toy Story 4 came out, I went and I told you this story. I went to my friend's son's birthday party. Oh, this one's was, devastating. And it was Toy Story themed. Mm-hmm. And I get there and he's like, Uncle Nate, Uncle Nate. I'm like, whoa, what's up? What's up? He's like, let me show you my toys. Let me show you my toys. And he kind of brings me around and he has, they have all the toys, literally all the toys from Toy Story, like set up on uh, one of the things mm-hmm. like outside for the party. And then I was like, which one's your favorite? And then he pointed at Woody and I said, me too, kid. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Like, Woody's my no. favorite. Honestly, though, I think he's lying because the boy, the Buzz Lightyear toys are fucking awesome. Well, honestly, with all the dude, it just does so like with his wings coming out. You got the buttons on. Well, you know what's weird? Do you know what's weird is you would think so. Uh But he points at Woody, says that's his favorite. But guess who he's holding in his hand the whole time? Who? Forky. Forky? Forky, the most simple toy. Literally. But I mean, I guess that's what the premise of Toy Story 4. We'll get there. But Forky, he was holding that thing all day. What is up with that? I don't know. All right. Uh, I didn't catch Toy Story 3 um, when it came out, honestly, which is honestly surprising looking back because my family definitely went to the movies often. And if we weren't at the movies, we were renting movies, just like it sounds like your family. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, And we were we were big fans of Pixar. My parents loved Cars. They loved The Incredibles. Like These were movies that we very much were attached to. But, you know, I got a little bit older, what, uh, 22? Not 2009 to 2010 is Toy Story 3. Like, when would that have been in theaters? 2010. 2010. So, I would have been, I would have been 13. You know, you get a little older and you're like, am I really going to go to the movies to see Toy Story 3? At that time, I say that. Now it's like, we went, we literally went to see Toy Story 4 together. Mm -hmm. Regardless, uh, I caught Toy Story 3 like a year after it came out and it was just, you know, it was around. And it had just been built up so much because of the, you know, acclaim that it got. I don't know anyone who watched it and didn't like it. Uh, So I watched it by myself. And, boy, let me tell you, was I a mess after it was done. I couldn't even speak. And at the time, my best friend Riley was a, he's a big Pixar fan too. And he specifically loved Toy Story 3. So I gave him a call. And around this time was like, you know, when you call someone's home and someone else answers first, 
So I can't even just call him and get him first. I got to call and say, is Riley there? They're like, Luke, are you okay? Uh, well, they, they, you know, it's like that. Yeah. And then boom, Riley gets the phone. He's like, what's up? I said, Riley. He's like, oh my God, dude, are you okay? Uh, and at the time I was dating a chick named Tara. Mm-hmm. He's like, did Tara break up with you? Because, you know, mm-hmm. and I've always been one to be dramatic. Actually, you could say uh, when it comes to breakups like that, I react the same every single time. Mm-hmm. And that is actually why we haven't recorded in how many months? Uh, Has it been a year, dude? It's been a while. I think it might have been a year. Really? Yeah. Wow. We did. What was the last one that we did? Anyway, Up? I've just now... No, I'm not. I don't even want to say that. Yeah. I'm, it, we, we barely got this. Uh, anyway, I call Riley. He says, oh, my gosh, what the heck? You know, are you okay? Did, is everything okay with Tara? And I'm like, yeah, I just, I just finished Toy Story 3. In the silence from the other line, it felt like the longest thing in the world, and but I could just—I like, could hear the tone in his voice because I've heard it a million times. He's like, "Really?" <laughs> <laughs> I said it was so good. Frankly, I was never—it was so sad that I didn't like it as much. So it was never my favorite. Whereas you, it's like you go well, to—you go up to bat that this I is was, the best one. I was going to bring it up when one of our early conversations, when we first met, we, you know, we started talking about Pixar, and then we were, of course, get on the topic of um, the grandfather franchise, Toy Story. Which one's your favorite? Without hesitation, said Toy Story three. You said, well, "Really, Toy Story 3? I said, "Is this an uncommon?" take because it's been a while since i watched them all you know so i was sitting there like well, and then of course watching toy story 2 again i'm like this is fantastic but still right now i think toy story 3 is yeah definitively my favorite you know i feel i'm kind of i don't know honestly what i think the best one is well I don't even know. I couldn't tell you my favorite, and I don't think I could tell you what one I think. You know, the Toy Story 3 is so good, but maybe I'll save this for later. We'll talk about this later. Let's, uh, do we want to get in? Let's talk about the making of this movie. Let's do it. Okay, who directed this sucker? Lee Unkrich, who was an editor on the original Toy Story 1 and 2. Yeah, well, actually, I have it that he was an editor on Toy Story 1 and a co-director with Toy Story 2. Is that correct? Yeah, but co- it's always interesting with co-directing in animated movies, mm-hmm. um, specifically if there's two, because um, he also had some co- co-directors on Coco. Um, but he, you know, you have like the main guy sure. and then, cause there's literally so much work that needs to be done that it's rare to have a solo. I think there might've even been a co-director on this mm-hmm. that may not be as credited, but, um, yeah, he was involved in Pixar from the beginning. Um, and he always talked about, um, how like doing this movie, he, you know, he felt like hanging out with old friends again, especially when people started coming in and recording their lines. He felt right back at home and brought oh, it back yeah. to the... Oh, yeah. Well, I was watching videos of just kind of behind the scenes mm-hmm. of him with the actors, mm-hmm. and he's right... Dude, he's right there with he's, them. He's the guy that says new toys when uh, they show up at the daycare. He's the jack-in-the-box toy. Really? Mm-hmm. That's great. I mm-hmm. love that stuff. 
But I, I have a few little tidbits written here and there. Shoot. Uh, I thought it was really interesting because there was like a little legal dispute uh, between Disney and Pixar. Because Disney technically owned the rights to the Toy Story sequels. Yeah. So they they had an idea for Toy Story 3. They had 3 two ideas. Early. And they couldn't do them because of that. So mm-hmm. it wasn't until Disney bought Pixar in 2006 that this could even, you know, the the wheels could even mm-hmm. keep going, you know. Well, they even, Disney even announced that it was happening. They had, what what was his name? Some guy that directed a lot of the straight-to-DVD sequels um, do it. And um, he was attached to direct. It was slated for release in 2008. They were moving on it. Um and yeah, as soon as you know Pixar got the everything settled there, they immediately scrapped that project, um, but still had Toy Story three slated. Um, so it was as soon as it was even brought up at Disney, they uh, kept it on kind of the release calendar, and mm-hmm. that made them kind of put it into action as soon as they got the rights back. And that's when um, I think it was Lee, Andrew Stanton, and John Lasseter. They went to the same place. Uh, yeah, I yeah, have where that. they came up with Toy Story. Uh-huh. And Tur- well, actually, it was more than just them. There was a whole. It was like all the top people. Uh, you got so you got Lee, you got Lasseter. Uh, you're right, Andrew Stanwood, Pete Doctor was there. Bob Peterson was there. Mm-hmm. It's like they had a bunch. There were even more it was than the, that. It was the Toy Story squad. Yeah, and yeah, you're right. They went back to the place where they originally came up with the. Uh, idea for the first movie, which I think is great, by mm-hmm. the way. It's like, I guess they went there for two days, and uh, within 20 minutes, the they original the idea... Yeah. No, they threw it out the... They're like, oh, well, this isn't going to work. Well, they also uh, never read the original scripts. Yeah. And they said that, no disrespect, we just didn't want any of it getting into this or to be influenced by anything. We just wanted to come up with the idea ourselves. Okay. Um. Well, and, well, did you did you see the ideas for some of the original Toy Story three ideas? I was reading something about Buzz has a defect and, and he has gets to go shipped to off to Taiwan, and they gotta go, and it's like the other <laughs> one is still they still are holding on to like it may be made, which are I doubt joking? because Toy Story four happened, uh-huh. but like originally it was like this might be a Toy Story four idea where they went to Andy's grandma's house. And toys started going missing. What? And it was like older toys were there, like the grandma's toys. And it was like kind of like a murder mystery thing in the same vein that this is like a heist movie <sighs> or a prison break movie. That it was the same sick thing. as hell. Well, they liked the idea, like the premise. So they're still holding on to it. And they said like, maybe we'll see it in Toy Story 4. But they clearly went with a different direction to that. So maybe one day we'll see that. But that's an awesome idea. And it just didn't see the light of day. That's interesting now that you say that, because now I'm thinking about it, and it's like, so that would be like a murder mystery sort of thing, mm-hmm. and this one is definitely a prison break movie. Mm-hmm. Well, do you the think The second's that, kind of a western. Okay, and then the first one is just... A yeah. buddy cop movie. <laughs> <laughs> well... A the, road trip movie? <laughs> that's an interesting one. That's an interesting one, actually. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I well, mean, it's kind of cool because in two, in two you get like the cowboys and aliens thing because you get Buzz's whole thing, that whole arc, yep. and then you also get Woody's whole thing when he's literally ends riding a horse uh, in the airport, you know. Um, but yeah, well, Pixar also does 
a whole bunch of stuff like that, you know, where they take, you know, basic level genres and kind of put their own spin on them, which I mean, boiled down is any movie ever, but they always have interesting takes on the genre, which I think makes them, um, kind of notorious for stuff like that. But dude, as soon as I read that idea, I was like, how cool would that be? That would be sweet. But mainly just because I'm a sucker for a murder mystery style thing. So. Cool. Um, so after this meeting that they had, you know, they come up with the, with the bone or the, like the, the basic idea of mm-hmm. what this movie is. Uh, I was reading that Andrew Stanton took those ideas, you know, of Andy going off to college now of the whole daycare thing mm-hmm. of Bonnie ending up getting the toys, uh, and he kind of wrote out a uh, kind of a treatment. Like he basically had the skeleton of the whole thing, uh, which I think is really interesting is that he's the one that, you know, went off with it and kind of made it what it is, I guess. Uh, but then they reached out, uh, the director uh, reached out to a guy named Michael. I'm not going to get the last name wrong, but it's the guy who wrote Little Miss Sunshine. Mm-hmm. Uh so uh, already an acclaimed writer, uh, he, he reached out to him and said, hey, would you want to write this? Uh, here's kind of the general idea that we have. And he's like, are you kidding? And so they got that guy to write it. So I think if you look up the, you know, who gets. Yeah, there's like five different credits or something for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's an interesting thing because also this movie was nominated for adapted screenplay. Oh, yeah, it's a sequel. Yeah. 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 Um, it's, it's interesting cause in Toy Story 4, they bring on people too. Like Rashida Jones has a writing credit on Toy Story 4. Yeah. I wonder what happened. Uh, yeah, what happened very there. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but after, you know, all, all the script was said and done, uh, I have it that the movie basically to them was broken down into 25 sequences. Uh, and then they would go through each of those sequences and, you know, there'd be 10 different drafts of those until they got it right. But then you have a team on each sequence and crap like that for animation. Mm -hmm. They made, yeah, they made like, uh, well, it's just cool, man. They just, they did like a whole like storyboard reel thing, uh, with uh, temporary voices and music Mm -hmm. fit in just so, but I mean, I think that's, that's gotta be so beneficial for the voice actors to be able to see, they also brought in Tom Hanks, Tim Allen, and mm-hmm. John Ratzenberg, Berger. And then instead of just pitching them it, they sat them down in a theater and played the storyboard treatment with the sound effects and the music and the voices. And then at uh, the end, they said, are you in? And of course, they're all like, absolutely. And like, <sighs> even then, like, um, Tom Hanks talks about like, dude, I'm watching these storyboards and I'm getting emotional over here. I can't imagine what the final product will look like. That's so um, cool. And yeah, like there's another interesting thing where when they started work on it, they went back to look at the original models for the uh, characters and they couldn't edit. They couldn't edit them. So they had to remake all the toys from scratch. Yeah, I have that written down as well. Um, I have nothing flashy when it comes to, you know, the new types of technology Mm -hmm. they're using. But at this point, you know, Pixar was on a like animation wise. Mm -hmm. It's already looking I just think it's leaps and bounds compared it's, to like it's, four, even f- two or three movies ago. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Even today, just the level of fidelity, which is cool because now you're seeing the other CG um, animation houses get really good-looking animation. I mean, Sony's doing something great as well where they're doing like a super unique style, which I feel like 
is smart because you want to distance yourself from Pixar in a way, you know? Um, but one of the things that I saw when looking at the tech is in Toy Story 1, actually, or Toy Story 2, Lotso Huggin' Bear is, like, on a yeah, shelf. Yeah, he's in it. And they couldn't do anything because, like, the fur technology wasn't there yep, yet. Yep, I so read now, that exact same thing. And it's kind of crazy because in this movie, you see him, like, get dirt and stuff on the fur. Like, I don't know how they do it, man. It's incredible. It's stupid. Uh, yeah, I have the just modern lighting and texturing tools uh, were obviously brought into this. And uh, unlike the script, which they didn't want any of the old movies to kind of influence their ideas... Uh, I thought it was really interesting that the like the head supervising uh, animator, his name was uh, Bobby someone. Uh, I just got these last names are killing me. So it's like, what do you want me to do, man? Um, he specifically reached out to like all of the animators that he could mm-hmm. um, about the first movie and just to get an idea of in their head what you know they were going for at the time mm-hmm. and. Uh, what so, struggles and stuff they face to see if they have technology now that would make to do like the opening sequence mm-hmm. was something that they wanted to do for Toy Story One, mm, but they but instead they, they instead just had Andy play with the toys to do something like that. Oh, and dude, so that's they, so tasty. They adapted it in this one because they're like, yeah, we can totally make an action sequence right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, man, can you imagine like going to look back at all the models and you can't edit them at all? It's like. Yeah, you can see them, but you can't do anything yeah. to them. You got to actually redo so everything. You can't up or do anything. Yep. And say, oh, no. Well, at I least mean, we have a good basis to. Well, it's kind of cool looking at them break down 3D models, too, because it's like you see them opening buzzes back and you see the batteries and everything. It's like, dude, people went in and they made each individual thing on this toy's body. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, of course, it's cool when they can, especially now, how they're able to just replicate humans so well and they struggled with that in the past. But. Something about Toy Story, the amount of details they can cram on to these toys that just make it instantly more believable, like scuff marks, like how Buzz has all these scuff marks on him. Because, yeah, you're going to play with Buzz like you're throwing him around and stuff, Mm -hmm. bouncing him off the bed. Well, you know, he's got his helmet, and it's like, think all the scratches and the fog or like the mitt. What is that called when you get a little bit of, you know, like when you go up to a window and you go, (gasps) I don't know, the breath. Yeah, like, but is there a name for that? I don't know, breath mist. I feel like this is like, I gotta have a name. I don't know. Breath. Okay. You're breathing we'll on breath. you're breathing on the it's just basically condensed breath. Well, I mean I I've okay. Uh <laughs> hardest sequence uh in the whole movie to make I thought was really interesting and it seems obvious now, mm-hmm. but when they enter the daycare for the first time and they get the big welcome just thinking how many different toys oh, are in God. that one scene alone well i read something that there was like 300 something characters in this movie which is the most in a pixar movie yeah that's insane but we, which you kind of touched on it earlier but normally with these sort of things uh your team is broken up and they each get mm-hmm. different sections of the movie and to then do. by the end you piece together all those work yes. that are every all the teams did and then you have the completed product well with this scene specifically having so many people in it and how much work would have to go into it uh they basically paused everything and made everybody for two weeks work on this one scene mm-hmm. um of them entering the daycare for the first imagine time. the the job which I'm pretty sure would be like supervising animator or something that has to go to each of these teams Mm -hmm. 
and like just see what they're doing and like make sure everything's aligning and that no one is doing anything that would interfere with someone else's um, character work that they're, they're doing in animation. Ugh, how stressful that must be. I just think it's so interesting in the fact that they very much want to avoid like any crowd simulation uh, technology mm-hmm. that, you know, currently was out at the time. Uh, you know, they wanted to do everything by hand. And it's like, wow. And not by hand, like hand draw, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like just from scratch. I think I saw like at the end to the simulation tech for the dumpster scene Mm -hmm. when they're going into the furnace, like all those different parts that are all shredded. Mm -hmm. I think it took one guy, I think it took him like three months or something like that to develop like the simulation just that was his job was just to figure out or it might have even taken like the entire production but like he's just focusing that was his job is to create the algorithm for a simulation of just all these shredded materials in the furnace sequence because it was just literally they just would hit a button in the program and it would just dump all this material because you know you have fire simulations you have fog simulations stuff like that so it was just a simulation to kind of make sure all the physics worked, all these little objects were there. Um, And yeah, so that was one person's job was to just make sure that they were able to get that up and running. Well, you know, it's even uh, something else I read that was kind of crazy just to build the tension of everything. Uh, So of course, Randy Newman comes back to do the music, right? But I guess his schedule was so loaded up that uh, Unkrich didn't even get a taste of what it sounded like literally like until they were going to record it. So it's like he didn't have, they didn't have the time for him to even give notes. It was just like, you got to trust him that, that it's going to rock. And obviously, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Nails it. I mean, shit, they won the Oscar for the best original song. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the reception of this movie, uh, on a budget of $200 million. Uh, it it made over a billion at the I, box office. Yeah, I think office. it was the first animated movie. Yeah, I think that's yeah, right. I was gonna do CG animated, but I think it's just animated movie. Well, actually, I have because these are these stats obviously are for when it came out and then what it was passed by. Yeah. So this is kind of interesting. So it was the highest grossing Disney film, uh, surpassing uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was then passed by Avengers when that came out in 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's interesting. Um, I feel like this would have to be in just the U. I just know Japan goes crazy for their stuff, so it's like. I've well, you gotta you gotta also think as population. well population. Yeah. Well, as, uh, they said uh, highest grossing animated film at the time, surpassing Shrek 2, and it's like, is that that can't be right? You think? And then that was obviously Toy Story three was passed by Frozen. Mm-hmm. Um, the Frozen yeah. one's legit because that just, bad going just crazy, yeah. bro. Um, it was the highest grossing Pixar film, surpassing Finding Nemo, uh, which it actually held this record for a while until uh, recently. Incredibles two, uh, people were drooling at the mouth Honestly, for that. Not one. Not surprised about that. Hey, I was yeah. right there in line with mm-hmm. you, brother. That one is like I was waiting. Yeah, was, everyone was like, it's like well, everyone's how like, it ended. Of well, all the fucking ones that they could have made sequels. That's for, the thing is that like, everyone you that joking? you talk to about Pixar, they're like, "Well, I'm waiting for the Incredibles." Yep. Like my dad's like, he mm-hmm. sees he sees that there's like a Finding Dory or something like that. He's yep. like, he's like, Neil, what the hell is going on, man? Where's Incredibles two? It's like, Dad, I'm not making the decisions <laughs> over there. Otherwise, that would have came out five years ago. So. You know what we could do, actually. 
why don't we just have Brad Bird come on the pod and talk yeah, about it? Yeah, I mean, um, we'll see if he's busy or not. But yeah. once we get to Incredibles 2, I'll reach out. I'll see if he's um, interested. I'm sure we can get him on for 15. Yeah, maybe I'll have him come on Stern the Pot to talk about uh, Mission Impossible. And then at the end, you just throw in a little, so when can we expect to see the Parr family again? Mm. He says, I knew this was a mistake. <laughs> Uh, this movie was nominated for five Academy Awards, Best Picture, Best Adapted Screenplay, uh, Sound Editing, uh, Original Song, and Best Animated Feature. It did win two. It won Best Original Song for We Belong Together and Best Animated Feature. But this is the third movie ever to be animated and get nominated for Best Picture, which... Honestly, deservedly so. I think more should in yeah, general, yeah. but this one totally deserved to be there. No, 100%. Um, I think more so than, you know, hot take could upset a lot of people. Uh, more so than up, for sure. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's devastating. That the, Man, we're I didn't want to be anti-up on the, just when it comes to this podcast, but it's like up now we're there. Up is the best short, animated short film I've ever watched. Oh, so get this at the Kids Choice Awards, right? Was Jack Black hosting? <laughs> I don't know who was hosting. This was obviously nominated for you know favorite uh, animated movie and lost. Yeah, to what? Let me hear it. Despicable Me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised. The Minions, bro. You can't sleep on the Minions. Uh, when I, are we doing Minions in review? I don't. I've never seen all of Minions. I've seen Despicable Me. Yeah. I've seen that. That's it. That's all I've seen. I think I've seen the second one. Once we get into the third season, we'll look. I feel like, you know, teaser. I may have to pull your leg a little bit. We may venture over to uh, good old Japan for season three. Yeah, that's going to be a rough one for your boy. But we'll see. We'll uh, see. The sauce dog. But... I mean, anything is possible in the world. Well, you of haven't Kevin seen Garnett. you haven't seen any Miyazaki movies. Shouts out to Totoro in this movie. Mm-hmm. Also, shout out to an animator on this movie or character designer. And I mm-hmm. forgot which one married uh, Hayao Miyazaki's niece. Really? Yep. And one of the characters in My Neighbor Totoro, based on said niece. Hmm. Full circle in the movie. Pretty crazy. Of course, Disney oversees their English or their American releases, so that's why they're kind of buddy-buddy with them. He's been over to Pixar mm-hmm. a lot to study the 3D animation to determine if he ever wants to dip his toes into it, and he is. We'll see if that movie ever comes out. All right. To be continued there. Uh, obviously, we don't want to spend a, a huge amount of time on the cast because... So they're bringing back all the same people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're going to have Tom Hanks. You're going to have Tim Allen. You got, I mean, all the, the same people are back except uh, our S- man. Slinky. Slinky, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim Varney had passed away at this time. So his good pal, uh, Blake Clark, stepped in to fill the role. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, let's talk about some of the new people in Toy Story 3. Shoot. Some of the new, because that's always interesting to me is. Uh, I think that's a dangerous thing with sequels is it's like, yeah, you want to bring back all the people, but it's like you also don't want to have too many new people. So it's like a weird balance. It, it is weird, find. but I always feel like Toy Story just knocks it out of the park. Oh, man. yeah. Like Toy Story 2, we get Bullseye and we get Jesse. 
Mm-hmm. Like, are you kidding me? We get Barbie too. Barbie's in that one. Mm-hmm. This one, great characters. Toy Story 4, great characters. I don't know how they do it. I don't know either. It's almost like they know how to design a character over there and make them lovable or make them hateable. Speaking of that, uh, Lotso the Bear is played by Ned. Uh, Rest in peace, Beatty. Yes. I don't know why, yeah. Rest in peace. Is it Beatty? I think so. Okay. Uh, you obviously got Michael Keaton as Ken, which is like legendary, literally phenomenal. It's one of my favorite things. He's it's just so the best. Good. It's so good. He's the man. He's the man. Uh, w- actually, so it's not technically a new person, but we have to give love. Uh, that they got the same guy who played Andy in the first. Did you did you listen to them talk, tell the story? Yeah, dude. They got his voicemail, and they're like, yes. Yes, he's perfect still. And then they were able to bring him back in. I mean, this man, like he Lee tells the story, it's like this man went to college. He's moving on with his life, but we had to get him back for mm-hmm. um, Toy Story 3. And honestly, he really doesn't have that much but he has the most important scene in the movie, and I think he kills it for someone that's been out of the game for so long. Well, you know, you told me that story, and then I watched a little behind-the-scenes thing where he's specifically talking about it, and I couldn't believe how he sounded. Yeah. he sound, To me, he sounds so young still. Yeah. I was like, wow. Well, to be honest, at that time, he probably is our age. Well, yeah, I think he's early 20s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which but is crazy. no, I mean... I think they lucked out because it's like, yeah. what are the odds? But, yeah, I, I love that sort of thing. I think that that's great. Uh, you're getting people in this movie like you're getting Whoopi Goldberg. You're kind of barely in it. Barely in it. Mm-hmm. Character named Stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Buttercup, Jeff Garland. He's Is he in another Pixar movie? Is he in Finding Dory? Or am I... Uh, I felt like he was in a different one, but maybe this is the one. Well, you know in. who? You got Bonnie Hunt as Dolly. And that's, uh, isn't that the chick that's in, that does the voice in cars for, I think so. Yeah. 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 Well, she, even in the Porsche in the, in the behind the scenes stuff, even she talks about like loving, um, being back at Pixar. She's like, I love that I have a part in these movies and it just makes me so happy coming back here and working. Yeah. She's Sally and she's in, um, monsters university. Really? Mm-hmm. And she's oh, in Monsters, man. Inc. Really? She voices Flint. What is going on? I must and have she's in A Bug's episode. Life. Really? She's Rosie in A Bug's Life. What is happening? This Legend. Is, we got to, you got to press something. I don't we know gotta. what these buttons do. <laughs> Who's that one? Not the right one. <laughs> I don't have headphones, so I can't hear what's going on. Uh, unfortunately, Nate is in control. I heard that one. Uh, actually, we got our boy Timothy Dalton in this movie. Yeah, Mr. Crinkle Pants. Yeah, that's my boy. I love it, too, because he, what a great idea for it. Like, they just keep coming up with good idea for toys where he views it as putting on a performance. Like, mm-hmm. when he's playing, I think that's <laughs> brilliant, dude. That's so good. Oh, you're classically trained. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. It's, well, he's so... He's great. Shouts out to Hot Fuzz, the best Edgar Wright movie. Mm, I'm not going to go there, but it's great. Yeah, he's great. That movie's great. Edgar Wright's awesome. Anyway, um, let's talk about, let's, you know, we've done enough kind of beating around the bush. 
Uh, let's talk about the movie a little bit, but not with too much detail. Let's hear about the plot, Nate. Break it down. Well, I mean, the main the main thing, we already kind of touched on it. Andy's growing up. Andy's old. He's going off to college. And what do you do when you go off to college? You clean out your room. You talk, put away the trash. Either donate some stuff, throw it away, um, or put some stuff in storage. And um, Andy's kind of struggling with what he wants to do. Um, ends up picking Woody to go with him to college as a sentimental kind of thing, which I respect. Um, and was going to put the rest of the toys in... Um, the attic. Unfortunately, something gets little lost in translation. He puts the toys in a trash bag, and the toys end up getting thrown away when the mom finds it. Next thing you know, Woody breaks them out of the bag. They think that Andy hates them, and they're like, "No, we just gotta go to daycare." And Woody's like, "No, guys, listen to me." And guess Isn't what? They never listen Honestly, to Woody. Honestly, that's the fucking plot of every one of these <laughs> movies. Is Woody saying, "Guys, no, this is what's," and they're like, "What?" No, except that's the not fir- it. you know why? It's because the first movie happened. That's true. That's true. But I mean, sixteen years pass. Whatever the hell. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Water under the bridge at this point. Yes. Um. But they end up going to daycare, and daycare is not what it seems. At first, it seems like a great place. Lots of toys. Kids constantly playing with you. But you kind of forget that kids are jerks. And they get tossed in with the young ones that literally just pick up toys and throw them at the wall. Um, well, just even the way they build it up is so great. And from the start, Woody, you know, he's he's persistent of getting out of there. Mm-hmm. And he's like, come on, you know, we're here. We got to get out. Uh, we got to go back to Andy. And, of course, you have the, whoa, you know, we're in a place Andy where got we... got rid of us. Yeah. And These it's like, kids want us. Yep, yep. So... I love that before any shit hits the fan, Woody is out of yeah, it. He, he escapes. And uh, everything seems not, great. Like, yep. you get the Pixar classic where the villain's like, no, yeah, we love you guys. And then instantly he has a whole maniacal yeah, And they plan say the about, older toys go in a different room. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, well. And then, uh, dude, it's so great because, boom, you know, the kids are coming back from recess and all the other toys are hiding. Oh, and then Buzz is scene. like, uh, uh guys? guys, and Rex is going up to the door, and then boom, gets annihilated. Well, it's also like there's just such good small character stuff as well. Like uh-huh. when he's like, uh, guys, and then he lays on the ground and he just puts down his visor. Oh, that's that. great. It's so good. Dude, honestly, this scene right here, horrifying. Well, it's like shot like a horror movie, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of interesting because they talk about how, um, Tin Toy, one of their early animated shorts, which was one of the inspirations for Toy Story because they knew that they could animate toys and not necessarily humans. Mm -hmm. The whole premise of that was that one of the animators saw their son or, you know, their nephew or something open a toy for Christmas, and the first thing they did was just put it in their mouth. Are you kidding? So that was, like, the whole premise of Tin Toy is that the Tin Toy is, like, running from the baby because the baby just wants to eat it. Mm -hmm. So then it's, like, it's cool to see that come back in this movie where it's, like, literally that's one of the main focal points of the movie is that's, like, no, kids can be ruthless if they, especially if they're not their toys. And they're mm-hmm. like, here's just some free toys to play with. Yeah. Because you don't care well, if you break them or anything. Then again, it's like at kids at this age, because these are really young. Like we're talking preschoolers. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's not like they're you know, like these kids are like really young. So, if, yeah, they're just they don't it's even like the terrible twos. Well, it's the like terrible they don't threes. even know who the people are. Obviously, yeah. they're yeah. just. Yeah, this looks cool. And then, can I eat it? Mm-hmm. Can I? How how hard can I hit this against something? Well, I love I love like the foreshadowing with the little uh, phone and mm-hmm. everything, trying to get Woody's attention. So good. Um, but yeah, and then basically what it boils down to is, well, 
Woody kind of um, tries to escape and ends up being brought home with Bonnie, who is one of the people um, at uh, the daycare, brought home and then gets played with there. And it's like kind of like uh, there's a great scene where it's like he's getting played with again. It's like this is awesome, but I owe it to Andy. I owe it to the other toys, all this stuff. Um, And then he learns the story of Lotso and his whole origin story. Um, and then at the same time, the people at the daycare are kind of thrown into prison and, um, they're basically held against their will there as Buzz tries to go find out what's going on, gets reset to demo mode once I think, again. I think out. that whole sequence is real cool oh, that they're having awesome. a secret meeting in the vending machine. Oh, it is so, and it, they're playing with one of those toddler things where you get the, uh, animal noises mm-hmm. when they like spin the thing. It's like, what's it going to land on? And you get that thing where it's basically the camera mounted on the thing and it spins around and gets all those things. So let me ask you this. Um, now bear with me. Cause of course you got guys like Rex, you know, walking around and it's not like he's he's got a stealth of you know negative three but i just see woody and buzz make their way through so much just acrobatics wise of a room that it's like you're telling me these people couldn't escape this this daycare well i mean woody and buzz are the goats though i well, i feel like jesse could obviously hold her own for sure um you gotta worry it's a team effort yeah. That's why the prison break is all planned because it's about getting all of them out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, I like how they show that it's like, dang, they really got this place unlocked too. The thing with Buzz, yeah, getting out and doing all that stuff, it's interesting. But part of the whole premise is that they're like, ooh, you got out without tripping up. You got promise. So they, then they want to switch them and get them on their side, mm-hmm. um, which once again, Buzz takes an L and another Toy Story movie. What else is new? Well, dude, I keep reading some funny shit about people talking about, like, Hollywood Reporter writing about this or, you know, behind the scenes, and they just talk about uh, how Tom Hanks and Tim Allen uh, argued, you know, to, to f- they fought to be in the same room while they recorded their lines because of the chemistry. And it's like, the chemistry? I mean, I guess, but, God, they share the screen for usually five minutes and then Buzz literally just gets thrown in the toilet mm-hmm. in these movies. Well, I can I can see, because, um, yeah, for sure you would never record with someone usually. Um, you, you see it honestly done a lot more nowadays. Um, and one of the more interesting, uh, like, VO recording sessions is for Fantastic Mr. Fox. Really? Well, they went with, like, the main cast. Like, Wes took them to some cabin or something. It's like George Clooney, like, Jason Swart, like, all those guys. And, like, he would have them, he'd have, like, an audio guy with a boom, and he'd have them go, like, into the f- woods that they're by and, like, act out the scenes as their people and, like, record the lines that way. So it, like, would get... And honestly, you go back and watch that movie, like, there's something different about these voice performances. Well, I was just going to bring up that, you know, one of my favorite things that I learned doing this podcast is the making of Rango mm-hmm. uh, and how they filmed yeah. it, just like how they normally, you know, yeah. like, they had the actors there and they... You know, yeah, I think it's interesting to just do that sort of thing. Well, um, what's her name? The person that plays Mrs. Potato Head talks about how she's like, yeah, I'm never in the room with Don. Well, yeah, she's like, we don't even get to see this full script. We just get our lines. Which is awesome to see their chemistry back and forth. But that there may be my favorite. Speaking of chemistry, it's like Don Rickles and her 
That's unbelievable casting. Absolutely, my so favorite good. part of these movies so is just the bickering back and forth. Mrs. Between Potato them. Head slapped on character. Oh, in Toy she, Story, well, specifically dude. in this one, yeah, she's, she's great. great. Great in this movie, and she's got a huge role because yeah. she's missing her eye the whole time. Yes, yeah, she's the eyes to the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you think about it; they probably had two days together, which is still cool for them. But it's like they're together for the beginning. They got a lot of stuff in the beginning that they got to do in the end. But, yeah, it's kind of blown out of proportion for people that don't really understand how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, he gets uh, switched to demo mode. So he's kind of his henchman. Woody sneaks his way back in. Everyone thinks uh, he's dead, but he shows back up and they plan a prison break. Yep. And that takes us to the end of the movie where eventually, of course, the heroes prevail. Not without a few close calls. Mm-hmm. And uh, make their way back to um, Andy where... Uh, he brings, he d- ends up donating the toys to Bonnie and kind of passes those down to her. And it's kind of like a passing of the torch and he drives off to um, college and we get the shot of the f- now famous shot. Mm-hmm. What he's saying in so long partner, you get all the toys together for like the final shot, which is great. Goes up clouds, just like the wallpaper. And, and I remember I'm bringing it up, Luca. I remember when you told me, man, when we it was when we were arguing about Toy Story three and like which Toy Story is the best. You're like they had the perfect ending and they didn't even end there. I said, "What are you talking about?" Like they show the clouds, they didn't even end the movie there. I was like, "Did they not?" Man, maybe I got to rewatch it. And then I rewatched it and it did. I was so pissed. <laughs> yeah. But it's because the Pixar does the thing where it goes. There's always like an extra scene that plays during the credits. Uh-huh. But I was like. God damn it. I had I had me thinking that I was like, dang, did it really not? I swore that it ended right there. But I guess I'm wrong. But, I mean, how, what a layup of a shot to end on. It's, like that's, it's honestly, like, because the, the post credit scenes are fun, but it's like, that's such a powerful ending. Yeah. I might have held on that a little longer yeah, before yeah, yeah. we got, because it's immediate that you get the... You know, the, the aftermath epilogue. and that sort of thing with the credits. Which is rolling. great, by the way, it, though, the, like Barbie. Totally but I agree great. with you. Um, which which ending part was hit you more? Like, what gets the tears rolling more when Andy's giving his toys away? Or is it when they think they're about to f- get cooked? Well, at first, like, when first watch, I'm like, damn, dude, what the hell? And mm-hmm. my, mom, my mommy was like, no way. You know, that sort of <laughs> thing. But I was like... This is crazy. And of course, yeah, you get emotional. Honestly, though, I can tell you the part that literally hurts me every time. I feel like we have to have the same. And it's when he's unloading the box and then you get the little musical cue when he looks back in the box and you get the. Nope. And then he and then he picks up Woody and then he like has the moment like, how the hell did he get in here? And he's like so devastated to hand it over. Yeah. Okay. That is the yeah. same part. When like, she like, because yeah, she goes when, to grab and he, like, it and he says, it back. Uh, and oh I'm sitting there. Because that's <laughs> me, dude. Stay yep. away from my toys. Hell yeah. No, I totally. Well, it's like, dude, I just gave you 10 toys. Let me get this one. Well, it's like, it's like, that's the, like, you know, you have those moments in movies where it's like, it's like that, that once that music cue hits, that's when like the throat just gets there, you know? Oh, I can't then, even speak. And then as soon as this it movie everything, ends and I'm just, well, honestly, it's like the end game thing that I don't. <laughs> that's you're a so great. Sad that's that a it's great. Your roller coaster. It's like you just get hit with the best ending ever, and then it goes into the credits, mm-hmm. which are really funny. So you're like, 
crying, but then have a smile on but your then, face. But then also, like, it was different, too, when re-watching it before Toy Story 4 was even announced. Like, when you thought that this was the end, because, like, what a great send-off. And then it even ends with them dancing to You've Got a Friend in Me, of course, in Spanish. But it's, like, just that whole sequence, and they're all dancing, and you're like... <laughs> Man, I love you guys. Well, okay, as long as we're talking about this, and I can't believe we just skipped over it, but it deserves its own conversation. Uh, we got to talk about the opening of this movie. Oh, yeah, it's incredible. It's absolutely unbelievable. Well, like the first like 15 minutes. That's what break. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, it, well, they break it down. Well, I mean, it starts off very reminiscent, not exact, but very reminiscent of how Andy was playing um, with his toys in the first movie, except... We see it from the toys perspective, like it's a like it's a Western movie. Yep. And so you get all the toys involved. They all have their moment to shine. And honestly, that in and of itself is just a great Toy Story short film that like just harkens back to how I used to play with my toys. Like it even throws in the reference that like, you know, you'd get pissed with your friends because they'd always have they'd always just make up some BS. That's like the counter to you mm-hmm. where it's like ha- like ham or whatever goes like or Mr. Potato Heads is like. Well, I have a dog that repels dinosaurs or whatever the hell. It's like kids do that all the time. Oh, you know? Yes, that they do. Me off. Yes, they but do. But like having that in there is so great. And the, also, as soon as they're playing, it cuts. And then it's like home video footage of like the mom recording Andy as a kid playing mm-hmm. with it. And it's this exact same sequence. And then his sister comes in and knocks over stuff. And then it's like, it's just such a heart warmer. And then instead of him being upset, he's like, no, 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 that's okay. The, the, the train's collapsing and blah, 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 blah. And then he goes off and then it like transitions into, um, basically them in modern time, but they're all in the toy chest and they, it's them hatching a scheme where he, they bring his cell phone. They bring his cell phone into the toy chest so that it rings because he's looking for his phone and he opens it up and you're revealed that it's older Andy now. And then he just grabs the phone, rips it out of Rex's hand or whatever, and then walks off. And then and they get closes up. it, and yeah. it's just like, oh. And they get up, and they're like, I guess we're never getting played with again. Oh, that's that alone is so devastating. It's a that even one, hear, punch, Even hearing dude. you say it, I'm like, it's, I got to drink some water or something. It's, my throat's getting tight. I remember I remember that rewatch <laughs> like, with my girlfriend. It's like, like... It happens. I said, I can't be crying right now. This is the first 15 minutes of the movie. Dude, honestly, Toy Story 3 and 4 come yeah. out swinging. Dude, Toy Story 4's oh, intro is so God. good. That little opening sequence. Oh, man, I want to throw up. It makes I me can't, so sad. I can't wait to get back to that one because it has, I think I've only seen it once. Yeah, me too. So I'm excited to get back and watch it again because, yeah, I mean, there's something special about this franchise, man. They knock it out of the park. And, I mean, the main themes of this, why it resonates so much is, it's about moving on into different phases of your life for not only Andy, but the toys as well. And on top of that, it's crammed into, um, you know, great character moments with these characters that you love. Just an excellent written tight script that is just like known for these Toy Story movies where they're just rapid fire, rapid fire, either heartfelt moment, r- just great funny jokes or just great banter between the characters. Mm-hmm. And you also get, you know, a solid 40 minute prison break sequence. That's incredible, dude. And Lee, Lee Unkrich talked about how he's like, there's a lot of prison break movies out there and we've pretty much watched them all to prepare for this movie. And it's like, dude, because they hit everything. everything The the tone of this movie is so awesome. And, you know, I I love that we can just kind of generalize it and say that it's a prison break movie. 
because uh, you could have went a ton of different directions. And I think if you got to guess a hundred times what Toy Story three would be like, you would there mm-hmm. you would not even think a prison mm-hmm. movie. It's just ugh. well, it's kind of cool because it ha- kind of has shades of Toy Story two, where it's like that you know break a person out of something. Um, but man, they just yeah, it's like it's literally like a third of the movie, and it's just executed so well. And then it leads into just a great you know, resolution as well, not only with the Andy stuff, but I think everything in the dumpster, it's like, if you're watching that for your first time, you're on the edge of your seat, dude, you don't know what's going to happen. They played with tension so well in that sequence where every phase that they go through at the dump, they're like, get out by the skin of their teeth. You got a TV landing on buzz. You got the whole golf club thing. You got the whole shredder thing. And then the furnace thing and great full circle with the claw. Mm -hmm. So good. So funny. And I love how at the end, uh, Mr. Potato Head, like it's like the whole thing is that he's like these freaking things think that they're <laughs> that I'm their dad, but at the end he embraces them. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good, dude. That's why, honestly, that's one of the saddest things in Toy Story Four is that you don't get a lot of the side characters because I love those smaller well, arcs. Well, I happen. mean, at that point, Don Rickles has passed away. Yeah, it's, so it's tough. It's like, but what I do like, and we'll get there. Um, of course, Woody's my favorite character, so just the fact that it's kind of an epilogue dedicated to him as someone that would one thousand percent be more devastated than everyone else by moving on from Andy. Um, it would just be cool to dissect that. But yeah, this is my favorite toy story. Um, Man, by I, far. now that I think about it, I got to say like, this is just this series in general is like one of my favorite casted things. Oh, it's excellent. Like, dude. Just Don Rickles as Mr. Potato head alone is literally. It's, it's incredible. Is, it's one of my, it's flawless. It's, it's, these you know, four it, movies I would put against any well, other that's, like, movie that's series. That's what I'm, I was about to say. Like, it's gonna sound weird, but like this is definitely one of my favorite series of all time. It's but not n- just like I, I I'm think just it, ending it there. Yeah. Like I'm not classifying it as movie TV. This is one of my favorite series yep. of a franchise of all time, and totally. I can't wait. And I'm like even just thinking about it now. It's like I can't wait. I'm gonna be watching these movies. 10, 20, 30 years, and I will still laugh at some of the stupid-ass stuff that happened. Oh, they're they're great. Oh, my God. Okay, so we know this is your favorite one. So let me ask you you this. You got Tortilla Potato Head, dude. Are you kidding me? Let me ask you this. And it's, you know, I'm just just throwing it out there. Um, Which is, you know, this is ironic to me because in general, you said earlier, you know, nostalgia hits me normally more than it hits you. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think this movie works so well because of the nostalgia of just the series in general. I agree. So I think my question is, does this movie hold up as strongly by itself? So if you were to just watch Toy Story 3, would it hold up as well as some of the other ones? Honestly, maybe not as much, but for sure. Because not only does it work because of you know, nostalgia of the franchise, but I think it just works because a lot of people can relate to just having toys. I think that's why the toy story movies work in general Mm -hmm. is any one of them you can watch. And it's like, what a great concept about toys coming to life Mm -hmm. and each of them painted in a different light. You got the collectors, you got like the kid that's just experimenting with toys and this, you have daycare. Mm -hmm. It's like, these are all things that people can find at least one thing they relate to within it. And on top of that, it just has, you know, great characters that, you're going to come out of any of these movies and you're like, oh, man, Mr. Potato Head's great. Oh, Buzz, dude. Oh, he's so good. Jesse's great. You know, you're going to have a favorite character by the end of these movies just because they're so full of personality and they're written so well that 
it definitely not as much as I like it for sure. But I think, yeah, people, I mean, people love these movies no matter what. And even like recently watched, like people that watch it for the first time are like, yeah, man, Toy Story is great. Um, of course, I put it on up on a pedestal, but I think that's a combination of the themes that it hits and the fact that the themes that it hits is also so closely tied with the actual characters in the movie on top of my own toys and stuff that I had at a, as a kid, which mixed with the franchise as a whole. It's kind of like a whole thing of just recognizing different phases in your life and being willing to move on. Well, and because of that, I think that that is maybe another, I don't want to say that it holds it back by any means, but this is a movie for an older audience that has grown up a little bit, Mm -hmm. frankly. So I've just been around kids my whole life. You know, I have a ton of nieces and nephews and they, they love, yeah, they like toy story, but they never bring up toy story three. And I think, because it's so sad and because basically it's about growing up and getting rid of your toys yeah. and that sort of thing that it maybe it doesn't resonate with kids as much as it would, you know, people who are a little older and yeah. have gone through it and maybe is an example of why something like Despicable Me would beat 100%. it at a kid's choice awards. So uh, to me, I look at Toy Story 2, which I would say, if we're just looking at this from a filmmaking point of view, I think Toy Story 3 is by far just the best directed and written and just I think that's probably the best one mm-hmm. just from a filmmaking point of view. Yeah. Uh but by itself and as a unit, um I th- maybe Toy Story 2 checks off a few more boxes for me. Okay. Um I think you could probably watch that one without seeing Toy Story 1 and still uh, be just as impacted. Whereas this one, I think you're losing something if you don't already have that history going into this one. Um, I don't know, though. You know, frankly, it's so neck and neck. Even the first one, it's just, at this point, I think the first one is so... It just held back because it's the first CG yeah, well, feature it's film. It's just so dated with its animation. Well, you can even... It, how, I don't know. It's just a whole other thing, you know. Well, honestly, it's just a testament as well to how far we've come where... Someone by themselves in their house could make Toy Story 1. Isn't that weird to think it's about? It's crazy. It's crazy. Of course, I'm talking just pure animation, not talent in terms of no, script yeah, writing yeah, and stuff course. like that. Yeah, it takes but, a team. But like I'm watching, um, as I was watching like clips and stuff, you just see some of the animation again and like just how they're moving. It's like... If I were to, if I had like base level and a 3D animation experience right now, that's how some of the movements would be just because they didn't have full anatomy skeletons and stuff like that. Even though they're toys, they still would move a certain way. Mm -hmm. So some of the movements are slightly off, but yeah, you're right. All of these movies are just great. My thing with Toy Story 3 is I think, I think there's truly something special about a movie, not just Toy Story, but any movie where these kids, yeah, they'll watch it. They'll have a good time. And guess what? They'll watch it in 10 years. And they'll get something completely different. And they'll realize that this was in front of me the whole time and I just didn't see it. Well, I mean, for me, this one, it's so in your face. Whereas I think in general, that's kind of the charm of Pixar movies Mm -hmm. is that, yeah, they're for kids, but they're just as much for adults as they are for kids. And this one, I think, is pretty specifically for older people. Yeah. Um, Which is not a negative. It's just that's what it is. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm in, you know, I'm just more or less for me, it's not as, you know, 
night and day what the best one is. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I wake up sometimes and I'm like, man, first Toy Story is great. Yeah. And for how good it is for when it came out, 100%. that's a whole nother thing. Well, the fact that I can still watch that movie and literally have no issues. If someone's like, let's watch Toy Story 1, I'm like, yeah, dude, let's do it. But it's like certain other things that are made from back then, you mm-hmm. know, definitely don't hold up. Well, you know what's actually weird is uh, when I watched Incredibles again after watching Incredibles 2, uh, holy Toledo, mm-hmm. is there a difference? Yeah. And I, you know, Incredibles is one, literally, maybe, like, I'm not going to say it's my favorite animated movie, but it's probably it's top up. three. It's up there. And I watched that movie again and was like, oh my gosh. You just can't help but notice yeah. uh, it, the the lack of not well, lack well, of technology. Well, what's, what, well, no, well, what's cool at the same time and why I think Pixar is so special is even in those moments where you are watching, let's say, The Incredibles, and you notice that some of the environments are a bit empty or um, you know, like skin textures and stuff are just off. Um, you also notice at the same time stuff that's like, man, how do they do that? How do they do that? And somehow they're doing that in 2004. Mm -hmm. And still now I'm watching it. It's like, look at these camera moves, dude. Are you kidding me? (sighs) Um, But yeah, I think at the end of the day, Toy Story 3 is special because Pixar is special. And I think it just keeps showing that they know what they're doing. And there's something special about Toy Story where whoever gets their hands on it in the Pixar house end up making gold. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is about it, but... Um, it just breathes or attracts great storytellers, so to speak. Um, and I think, honestly, they are so protective of it as well that I bet they probably get a million Toy Story 5 pitches or Toy Story whatever pitches, but it's like the one that hits them. Like, yeah. Would you be open to a Toy Story 5? Maybe that's more of a Toy Story when we're doing the Toy Story 4 mm-hmm. question. I, yeah, I would be. I, after watching Toy Story 4? I'd totally be fine with Toy I, Story 5. I was so anti Toy Story 4 because 3 hit me so hard. It's like, what a slap in the face. How could you have that perfect... Up- Literally, I think the ending, mm-hmm. the opening and ending of this... Because that's the thing that I always love in movies is a great opening or a great ending. And this one has both mm-hmm. of them, which is not... A, that does not happen very often. And to then, you're not, you're not, you're not watering it down... But in a way, it's like oh, it just had such a good bow on top that you're like, damn, you're going to do another one? Yeah, well, at this, at, well, that's what's cool about it, too, is that I felt the same way. I was like, man, I really, you know, I felt weird when it was uh, going to come out because, like, man, part of the reason why I love 3 is the finality of it. But they did it in such a brilliant way. Yep. And if anything, yeah, like you said, watching Toy Story 4 made me open for more Toy Story totally movies. Totally agree. Because it showed that. We can wrap up character arcs here and still there's, you know, for lack of a better words, this is a toy box that has just so many moving parts and so many great things that Pixar just loves to play in. And we still have, you know, 10 characters out there that would be great. And not only that, it's like Toy Story itself could just, it, you know, it would be weird. But as much as we love Woody and Buzz, Toy Story, I feel like there's so many cool ideas there. I mean, you already brought one up. Yeah. The whole murder mystery yeah. toy well, even, thing. Well, I'm saying it's like, you know, maybe sometime down the road, it wouldn't be a reboot, but maybe some new toys. 
maybe there's a it doesn't need it would be cool if there's not even like a owner like they find some other weird twist for it Mm -hmm. like i think that yeah i'm open for more toy story movies and i'm happy the best thing that i can say is that i'm happy where at this point and i think maybe this is just like how media is evolving at this point too where i feel like i find myself attached more so to characters Mm -hmm. and i love character built stuff so it's like Woody's story is done. If they try to do something with Woody, if it's uh, short films or whatever is fine, but it's like if they try to do a full movie with Woody, I'd be like, okay, guys, Woody's story's done. That's a perfect ending for his story. But if it's like, all right, Buzz, Buzz and the gang, I'm like, dude, how would Buzz, how would Buzz run this squad? Woody was kind of the leader. How is Buzz gonna? Because it's like we are kind of getting the Buzz movie, and we'll see how that plays out. But it's not because it's not the toy. But it's like, I would love to see, it's like, you know, he's kind of sidelined in all of, all of these movies. I that would love could, to see a Buzz yeah, a buzz yeah. centered uh, Toy Story movie. Like, well, because something something in um, the, uh, uh, the scrap Toy Story 3, when they went to Taiwan, he would meet like the new line of Lightyear toys. Well, that's the thing, I guess, is that that's the whole point of it is because they found out that um, the the toys that were broken and were getting fixed were not actually getting fixed. They were just being replaced yeah. by new toys. Yeah. So that's why the team had to go and, you know. Like, imagine imagine the nostalgia. Well, well one for me, because I loved the show as a kid. But, like, the Buzz Lightyear of Star Command show. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine a Buzz movie where it's, like, it's kind of a weird thing. But I feel like that may be treading too similar of water with Woody's whole thing. But it's, like, he finds himself where it's, like, wait, we got the, but then that's also like Toy Story 2 with mm-hmm. like the collection. But it's like, there's so many of the Lightyear characters that you could have a whole thing there where it's like the futuristic toys or maybe like imagine they could do something cool with the technology craze. I honestly, that was like the biggest thing for me that I felt was missing from Toy Story 4. Uh, just because in all of these, you know, the movies are aging, you know, mm-hmm. it's like it's getting newer and newer mm-hmm. uh, in time. It's not like we're still stuck in the 90s in these movies. So where's Bonnie on the iPad, bro? Well, that's the thing, dude, is that kids are glued to that stuff. They're glued to their phones, the iPad. And it's like, how is that not the sequel to me? Because well, maybe like, maybe well, that's what's gestating over in the Pixar like, land. I, I was honestly like pretty devastated that they didn't even you know hint at it but frankly it's well i think i think the main thing with that is that um toy story 4 is interesting where it wasn't like they had the stuff at the beginning with bonnie but it was really like focused on woody's conflict than um like andy or the humans well you're you're totally right you're totally right um because maybe yeah maybe well you know why i think it is frankly I think that it's the elephant in the room that it's literally the death of toys. Well, that that's what I was going to say. What happens? How, does, no that, how does that movie That's end? the thing is it's like a kid would way rather have an iPad than a brand new whatever, you know, t- toy truck or anything, well, which is horrible. Yeah, it's like how does that end, dude? I was going to say put them in a collection, but then they won't be able to do anything. You know what's funny is we're going to be fucking old grandparents showing these movies to uh, our grandkids and they're going to be like, what are toys? They're going to be like, I don't know. <laughs> you think you think I'm not having if I have kids, if I'm not having them play with toys, dude. I hate I'm, I'm saying I'm, I'm literally right there with you. I'm coming I'm just home. Saying. I eat dinner. I say, 
oh, it's time already. The new episode's on. They'd say, what? I break out my Spider-Man toy. say, get your Batman. We're fighting. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm doing. Also, I'm for sure with video games. I'm br- I'm I'm sprinkling in the old school before we get to. I'm kind of make. I lo- and I feel like it's bad Dude. because you should just let them play the new stuff. Like they should be able to play what they want to play. And of course, I'm not going to stop them from that. But it's almost like you gotta, you gotta. If you want to have the respect that I do for this, look at Mario. See mm-hmm. how he's jumping like this. Now I'm going to show you the clock tower sequence <laughs> in Uncharted Four, baby. This is only. 25 years later well you know i think that's an interesting thing in our lives is that there's a lot of stuff that we watch when we're younger and now that it's older it's like oh that movie's so great i used to watch it all the time and then you watch it and you're like so i think there's a there's a certain time in your life where it's like i can show you anything and you're gonna love it Mm -hmm. and it's gonna be the base for everything forward so I totally agree with you in the sense that I think it's totally valuable in showing them older stuff first so that they can then, when they see the new stuff, they're like, oh, I see what this is kind of riffing off of. Or I can see, you know, I can appreciate how great this is. It's kind of like us going back and watching Citizen Kane and being like, yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. But not truly understanding that every movie that we like is based off Citizen Kane. Honestly, yeah. No, I mean, you're right. And maybe that's just me being, uh, well, not selfish, but I just yeah, always... Yeah, you, you know, always back, want from our perspective and yeah. stuff like that. But um, I well, think there's some value there. But you're right. It will be interesting because, you know, I'm talking about watching these movies in the future. It will be interesting to see how other people view these movies in the future depending on where the whole toys. But it's kind of interesting, you know. Sometimes you see those... Um, kids commercials and there's still toys that people will still play with toys like well for it's example just, it's so interesting to me just in the idea that you know to- the toy industry has such a big impact on media mm-hmm. like you see it all the time with superhero stuff where it's like they bring they have sequels for these movies and before they even figure out what it's about it's like these people are like hey we need this type yeah, of toy yeah. we definitely need a new costume well, there's there's and shows it's like, there's kids shows and this is this is just me being you know, we I think we've dated ourselves with this last ten minutes. That's okay. <laughs> like so, for example, I really like this show called Young Justice. I was watching this show when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Clearly not made for me, but kind of made for me for the fact that it's it's you know teenage superheroes, but it's a little bit more of a mature take. That being said, this is a, like a Saturday morning cartoon. So the main purpose of this is to sell toys. Kids weren't really getting attached because, you know, you you may there may only be an action sequence an episode because it's a lot of character stuff, so they wouldn't go out and buy the toys. Show got canceled. Not because, they're, like, the ratings were bad or, you know, the reviews were bad or anything. It was because it was not selling toys, so they canceled the show. And recently it got picked up for HBO Max, which is cool, and I should catch up on it. But I remember being devastated. I'm like, why is this canceled? Mm-hmm. And, of course, you, now you can just Google and find out. It's like it wasn't selling toys. So, like, yeah, it's like one of those things where it's like it's so weird. But now what do they do? It's like you, they get a f- app on the app store, and then it's like. But my my friend's son, he plays with toys still. He plays with toys all the time. Sure. And, of course, he mixes in. Like, he's playing Rocket League and stuff like that. He's terrible. But you know yeah, i mean yeah i'm god man. how one thing real quick because it's in a similar vein but how i I just had this thought in my head i want a what if scenario if pixar made 
something in the vein of Wreck It Ralph instead of yeah. Disney. They would have because I love Whoa. I love the first Wreck It Ralph. I think it's great. Second one, not so much, but it could have been something special. Just that idea. Well, dude, I think it's just a scary. It's a scary uh, path to go down. Is who cares? how technology? I just truly do think that it. Yes, I think Pixar would have handled it better uh, than what we got. Which, but I still like Record. Oh, Ralph. I think Record was great. Um, One of those movies were in the theater. I had to hold back tears because I was with people that I did not know well. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't cry during this movie when he holds the metal dude and he's going down. That that kind of that's a hard that's yeah. a hard warmer. No, that um, that'd be great. Well, okay. Let me ask you this: If Wreck It Ralph is like a, what's another uh, animated movie that you think could have been uh, even tastier if it was a Pixar film? Oh man, this is tough. Like what's a what's a not that we're gonna do this because Secret this, Life of Pets. Well, that's what we could do better than that. But think about it. I mean, it's kind of going down the similar route where it's like, oh, what if this person had emotions? What if this person had a soul? Stuff like that. What if souls had emotions? That sort of thing that mm-hmm. Pixar's known for and it's become a meme. But I mean, you know, you could do something cool with pets being active and stuff. And I feel like The Secret Life of Pets is very, I have not watched it, so I cannot, you know, give, you know, worthy judgment. But it seems pretty, you know, lowbrow, you know, just aiming for the target audience, not the, not doing anything too special with the story, that sort of thing. Pixar's just known for get, going the extra mile with stuff like that. And, of course, like you said, targeting kids, but also having some deep, meaningful storytelling within that as well. Um, I'd have to go through a list and see. I mean, I always thought Into the Spider-Verse is perfect, but I always wanted. It doesn't even need to be Spider-Man. Like, I want to see, oh, I mean, guess it's Incredibles. Yeah, but it's like, say. I want to see, like, a Marvel. They have the rights. Let's let's look through the Marvel repertoire. Well, and you know see what's what gonna be sad is when we're looking back like twenty years from now, and that's a thing, and then where the exact same thing ha- is happening, and we're getting a million of these freaking superhero Pixar movies. And it won't it's happen. Like, <sighs> it won't happen. The well, reason that, why honestly, Pixar that's works the thing is because when, they, even hearing you talk about it earlier, when it comes to how we love these characters and how we'd love to see the different spinoffs. At the same time, you know, I hate to have that, you know, I'm not going to say boomer mentality by any means, but it's like, oh, like they have a great thing and they keep going back to the well, dude. And it's like with with literally everything right now, they they do it to death. So with Toy Story being having not three, four movies that are already great. It's like, holy crap, this is the one thing that they haven't messed up. I guess we'll see with Buzz. Yeah, no kidding. Does well, that count? Does that the, count? It has to. It Does has to. It has to. Well, here's the thing as well. And um, what I love is that there was that fear where they had a run where they were doing a bunch of sequels and prequels. And we're like, are we going to get an original idea from Pixar? Mm-hmm. They still got it, man. At this point, it's like, just make whatever you want to make because you, you've earned my trust back. Well, With Inside Out and Coco and mm-hmm. Soul and Onward. I have yet to see Luca. I think I may just wait till we watch it for this. I, um, I mean, I haven't watched it either. But, and people seem to love that too. So it's like Pixar just does it, man. And it's weird They've because you do, have, whole life. you do have different, you know, writers and directors. I have a lot of faith for the Turning Red thing. That's the bow director. I'm all in on that. Yes, give me that. Um, 
it's 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 always the ones that you have no idea who's like it's like Toy Story four. It's like who's who? What this guy do? Mm-hmm. Oh, he directed Monsters U or something. It's like I don't know, maybe, but no, he comes and he brings his A game and he knocks it out of the park. So it's just that stuff where it's like unproven directors. You're kind of a little bit nervous. You don't have a back catalog, but you got to think. They have probably a million people that want to be directors at Pixar, but a lot of these people that end up directing work from inside the company, which is cool. It's rare that you get something like Brad Bird where they come in, or I think the Luca director came in and directed it. Hmm. Um, so it's it's rare that you get something like that, but yeah, man, they, they just know how to knock it out of the park, so... Keep going back to Incredibles. Keep what? going back to Toy Story. Hell, give me... I mean, I was going to say give me another Monsters, Inc., but I guess Monsters at Work is that. Well, I feel like at this point we have to, you know, bring it up. We talked about, you know, how much you like this movie, uh, but where does it rank, not just in Toy Story movies, but where does it rank in all of Pixar movies for you? Well, it's S tier for sure. Yeah, I agree. It's up there with the best of them. I think is as it, my as my list stands now, it's in the top five. It's number four. Hmm. It's behind Incredibles, Wally, and Ratatouille. Honestly, I probably would put it above Ratatouille. It's they're very probably, close. They're very close. Don't you say it? I might put it. I don't know. I'd have to look at my list again. Might put it over Wally. Here's the uh, thing. No, I don't know. Because it's like I think I might have sold myself on the it by itself. Yeah, isn't it the superpower yeah. that it is when it's a te- you almost have to look at it as a series, but you can't. Well, well, the thing that we can all agree on, yes, is that there's an undisputed king, and it will never falter and it will never shake, and it's incredible as all the day, all day. Baby. <laughs> that movie is the best movie ever made. <laughs> Every time I think about it, I love that movie more. I don't hey, know how that's uh, possible. Hey, Brad, please. Yeah, what time is it? We throwing it on? <laughs> Come on the pod, man. No, yeah. N- well, we have, I think we said it on the pod before, but unfortunately, that will be the last episode of the pod for sure. I know we went on a hiatus and it was scary there for a time, but if we ever get Brad, yeah, that is on a high note and we got to end the pod. Um, or 60 years down the road because... Who knows? Maybe immortality will be found out by then, and Brad can live on forever. But when the day comes in sixty years where Brad passes, um, then the podcast will end as well. Oh, absolutely! I mean, at that point, why even continue? There will be an hour and a half of us crying on Mike. Well, dude, we'd have to talk to him about the Iron Giant. I mean, yeah, we have a whole. This is the Brad Bird fan cast. Bro. I mean, we're just uh, we always talk Incredibles and how whatnot. Sad, but how like, sad! I, it's Incredibles is so good. That you forget how great Iron Giant is, because Iron Giant, I would put up against anything. Well, here's the thing as well. And Ratatouille, dude. <laughs> God dang, Well, here's dude, the thing. And he's, he's already kind of teetering the line. Because, you know, some people, he's tough to work with. People uh-huh. say that. Yep. How devastated would you be if something comes out and it's like, Brad Bird's just the worst. Don't say that, dude. Not before he comes on the pod, dude. All I'm saying. And this is not just on Brad. This is everyone. Yeah. Every celebrity nowadays, I always have to take it a step no, back. No, you're totally right. I am definitely uh, someone who can uh, separate, separate the art, the art from the artist. Uh, and that the only reason I think that's just built into me in general uh, is because growing up, my favorite musical artist ever is Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. So even now... You, I'm not going to not listen DNA. to rock yeah. with you. You know what I mean? It's like, it's great. 
I am totally have that built in. So like for me, I would absolutely say the Cosby show is one of the most influential things mm-hmm. to ever come across television. The man is literally Satan. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I mean, dude, look at Roman Polanski. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. So it's like, by no means am I putting Brad Bird. Yeah, what the hell are you doing, can't. man? Well, all just, I did was just bring up, you well, just got to be careful. It up, so it's like. Well, I, I'm just setting us up for to be prepared for heartbreak. Well, one, because well, um, dude, he might not return my messages when I ask him to come on when we talk true. about Incredibles 2. So there's heartbreak there, and that may put him on my bad list. But two, I'll forgive him the next time I watch Incredibles. Well, frankly, three, I think if it we're ha- hitting him on the pot eventually. If it hasn't happened at this point, I feel like we're, we have a pretty good... No, not him coming out. If oh, like yeah, any yeah. allegations or anything, yeah, 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 it's yeah. like with the whole fucking yeah. Toy Story four thing. Yeah, I feel like, like that's yeah, that's a blow up for sure. Yeah, so um, it's like I think t- he's he's just you know he's a man who knows what he wants and he's 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 kind of a pain in the ass when he's on set. But one, it's like one thing we forgot to say um, uh, for the new layout is the final ten minutes of each episode is Brad Bird watch. Where's his new movie at? Yeah, what's up what's, with that? Let Brad? me check real quick. I'll That's check the why IMDb. He's not coming on the pod. He's busy. He's busy. He's a busy man. Um, we're just asking for half hour, fifteen minute, ten minute of his time. Um, you know what? I li- have you. I don't think you listened to it. You son of a gun! I sent you a podcast when he came on the big picture. I don't listen to the Ringer. I know. Uh, Sean Fennessy interviewed him about Incredibles two, and it was short. It was you're talking maybe thirty. Oh, it was great, dude. Oh, it was awesome. Uh, but you know it would be better than that if he came on this podcast. That'd be incredible. I'd say we're at the same size as the Ringer Network, so oh. I don't see what's I don't see what's holding him back. <laughs> okay. That's not a diss on the Ringer. That's a buff on us. <laughs> so I think we we we've covered uh we've covered a lot here. Yeah, so here, just real quick, no new news on the um, Brad Bird project. Uh, we do have a title. It's called 1906, PG-13. Um, it says the the plot is a young man discovers a series of secrets and lies that left San Francisco highly vulnerable to the fires that engulfed it in the aftermath of the historical 1906 earthquake. Is this live action? Um, it's based on a book. I think this is his live action animation hybrid. Oh, no, no. That's the untitled titled Brad Bird musical. That literally has no thing. But this is above it on IMDb. He's directing it and helped with the screenplay based on a book. Hmm. We'll see. I have yet to watch Tomorrowland. Yeah, I haven't either. Maybe um, that's why he hasn't come on the pod. Because we haven't watched Tomorrowland? Yeah. Maybe it's better that we haven't. I see. What did we just do? This last 15 minutes, it's like, hell no. He knows that we're joking. We're just, you know, we're just poking fun. Honestly, everything that I see from, like, this is no memes. Everything that I see from Tomorrowland, I'm like, I would like this movie, I think. Well, I think that's the problem is that you're like, this looks great. And Don't then you're see, like, what are you doing? And you, I brought us back. I brought us back and you're pushing us back. Down well, I, I haven't watched it either, so I can't say anything. The only thing I know is that people say, well, they don't spend that much time in Tomorrowland. And you watch the trailer and you're like, this looks sick. Well, I so like, well, I like the whole one thing. of those scenarios. Well, I like the you... whole thing with um, this whole sequence, George Clooney in his uh, like cabin, like in the trailer when the girl goes there and he's fighting off stuff. Dude, looks great. I don't even, you say that, nothing. Upstairs. You're looking at Patrick on the little horsey. 
what would you want out of Incredibles 3? All right, guys. We'll talk about that in the Incredibles 2 pod. You're not wrong. Uh, we covered a lot. I had a lot of fun. Any final words when it comes to Toy Story 3? I'm not looking forward to these next couple. Uh, I think we deserve a gold medal for making a podcast that is not as long as the movie. Um, so on that note, we will see you next time. So long, partner. <laughs>